0: Welcome to the Improviding Life Podcast. This is your host, Loyla, and we are about to explore how life can be more livable. So I must say that I really appreciate myself for thinking of this question <laughs> through my own recent self-reflective practice and I want to share with you. So how do we know if a habit is helping or hurting? Oof. Okay, so the sort of uh, flow for this episode, there'll be a series of questions that we can ask, but also probably going to rip some. So here we go. When I was first thinking of this, the question that popped up is, do you even realize it is a habit, right? So I know myself; I can so easily shift into adulting on autopilot that I may not actually realize that something is a habit because. So often, like habits or practices, um, it's so easy for us to think of it as something that we like have to go out of our way to do. Like, oh, I make a habit of going to check the mailbox every Thursday because I know that's the day that the newspaper circulars arrive, right? Something like that, right? So it's like something that we intentionally have like to sort of orient ourselves around time and space. But actually, like the things that we do while we're in autopilot are habits in themselves and you know like potato potato are habits and practices that different i don't know i don't know if we need to try to answer that question in this episode but if you want to you can pause it you can ponder it um so yeah do you even realize that something is a habit all right that's like clue number one on whether a habit might be helping you or hurting you the next question is, what feelings surface when you realize it's a habit, right? So whatever it is, right? Once you realize, oh shit, this is something I'm doing habitually. This is something that's part of my like habitat or ecosystem or the way that I'm functioning day in and day out. What comes up with that? Right? So, you know, so often I see a lot of people saying like, oh, you know, like checking your phone as soon as you wake up, is a, quote, bad habit, right? So let's, like, sort of put the labels of good and bad to the side. We can use that example to look at, like, is this helping or hurting? All right, if you're someone who's already sort of anxiety-prone or experiencing a lot of stress already, asking yourself, you know, when I realize every morning I'm looking at my phone and seeing all these notifications, you know, is that helping or hurting? Does that feel like, um, you know, like when I, I, I see that, those notifications? Does my heart start beating faster? Do I already start dreading the day? Um, Do I already feel like I'm lost, so to speak, right? So, like, those types of things can be indicators on whether it's helping or hurting. Now, a different experience with that same scenario might be looking at your phone helps you sort of come to to reality of, of, like, oh, okay, it's Wednesday. Wednesday means I go in the office today. I don't work from home, so I do actually need to get up I don't have time to snooze my alarm today right that can be a helpful habit because it's helping you actually place yourself in time and space and honor your needs so again this the same practice or habit can have a different experience not only for other people but for yourself based on like when and how it's happening a third question we can play with is did this habit begin with you and that question is really asking, like, is it something that you actually picked up from a parent or a caregiver or older sibling, a coworker, a, a partner, something where you're like, oh, you know what I, so this is an example for my childhood. <laughs> I would always find like sliced cheese wrappers all over the counter. And I'd be like, okay, like my mom like passes the trash can. Why can't the cheese wrapper go in the trash can, right? This is my thought as a child. And then I realized a few weeks ago that these little, I think the brand is like unreal, uh, dark chocolate, coconut, um, like dairy-free little candies. I was finding the wrappers all over this counter and I was like, Oh my God, I I'm doing that. Right. And then I realized, Oh yeah, I have ADHD. My mom has ADHD. We didn't know that at the time about either of us. Right. So the thought her having the cheese wrappers on the counter was because the extra step of, okay, walk to the other side of the room, open up a door, bring out the trash can. Like that wasn't accessible. That wasn't happening. She was opening the cheese, the slice of cheese right where she was preparing whatever. And so that's where it stayed until trash day when then we would do sort of like a get everything off the counters that needs to to be in the trash can that didn't already make it there type of sweep. And realizing that I was picking, I was doing the same thing. But it wasn't from a place of, oh, I'm intentionally going to now do this. It wasn't until I, my cup was so, um, well, my plate, rather. My plate was so full of, like, all the different roles I'm doing now as, like, a parent. And working through jobs. And being a partner. And having ADHD. And all these other things, right? So, like, I just, like, the amount of fucks I could give towards, um, like, noticing as soon as a habit was started. Like, it just wasn't there until sort of all those dots sort of started clicking, right? And so in that case, the habit didn't freak, uh, didn't begin with me. But something that has begun with me, now that I am, you know, a parent, I start every single morning with Mercury, our, our baby, by singing a special song that I, uh, that came like sort of just like in, I intuited out to her. I've sung that every single morning of her life that she's woken up from like day one. And that, to me, is an intentional habit practice choice because I didn't want to pass on my ick with the wake-up process. And, and, you know, it's not even that I'm not a morning person. I'm not a wake-up person, right? I'm about to be sharing some content about that and the the, the realizations I had there. But I'm just not a wake-up person. The process of waking up has always felt so violent to me, and I use that language intentionally because that's how it viscerally felt for me. And I didn't want to pass that on to her or have her the first thing that she's experiencing throughout her whole life be me being in a gargoyle mode, right? So without realizing that's what happened at first, you know, my body was just leading with the song. And then after a few weeks, I was like, oh, I've actually absolutely loved waking up every single morning. And, uh, you know, it's not even like I, I slept well, rested well, right? Like with babies, you just like, I don't sleep. <laughs> so it's not even that. It's just like it's a habit, it's a choice practice that offers me a different sense of arriving to my day, right? So then the fourth question that came through was, you know, if we were living our very best life, would this habit be part of your day-to-day life, right? So if you were waking up and you were living your very best life you could imagine, would this particular habit be part of your day-to-day life? And I just sit with this one, Right. Because this question and it came through reminded me of all the ways it feels like I don't have access to choice and how, and realizing the weight or the degree in which I've been waiting for someone to come save me. And the irony of that being that since a child, like, I mean, and this will probably paint a picture of what type of child (laughs) it was, but I started saying damsels die and being so anti like princess, fairly pink, help me. Like, you know, all of the things. By the end of elementary school, you know, and yes, I'm unpacking that, yay, therapy. Um, but the idea oh my gosh, I totally lost my train of thought because have a really cute dog. I'm sitting on the car recording this, so I'll just share with you it's really cute, like white and black spotted puppy who's like kind of has a poodle cut, but not, and he's just like he's living his best life, and this habit of spotting dogs and getting distracted and loving it is totally part of living my best life. So thank you, Life, for giving me this moment to improvise and we're doing it together. All right, so, yes, if we were living best life, would this habit be there? So, I don't remember what the example was, but I can't stop the the app I'm using. I can't stop and start. so we're just going to pick a totally new one, right? So for me, oh, yes, I, feeling like we don't have access to choice, right? If I was living my best life, like, I wouldn't have to... Say, okay, I have six days left to pay day. Can I actually pay all of, or all the things that are going to auto, like, draft out of here are going to put me in the red, right? Like, that's not a habit or practice that I would, like, be living. It would be everything is automated and set up, and I already know there's going to be overflow in, the, in my accounts. So I don't have to actually check once everything, like all payments are set up. I don't have to go back in now. I can choose and then make a practice, you know, like, you know, I like to think of money Mondays, right. Just for the alliteration for me to remember, like, yes, I could go in and a habit might be like being excited about what came in, you know, income wise or being really grateful for what goes out. Um, but the tone of that and living my best life would be very different than being on pins and needles when I open up an account and be like, Oh, what's going on here? Right. The fifth question that came through was do you ever feel closer, or not ever, I scratch it on my notes. Do you feel closer or further away from your values and goals while doing this habit? Alright, something get roll roll with you. I'm just like roll with you, okay? I have been feeling in my body like this need to move more. And holding space to the fact that I both feel like I'm constantly always on the move because Mercury's a very active, athletic. Joy filled, let's play child. And I love that. And also realizing that that's more so me moving on her terms and me moving from this place of vigilance of, of being like, you know, is she going to fall and hit it on a brick? What's over here? Is this table corner sharp? Right? There's a different way where it's like, yes, I'm always, always seem to be in motion, but it's not the motion or, or movement that my body is asking for. So if I right now I'm feeling this value and, and this goal, of, of sort of longevity, of like sustaining my mobility and um, really um, being kinder to my body, more intentional to my body because I had this realization that, okay, when Mercury is my age, so I'm um, about to be 33 in a couple weeks, right? When she's 33, I'm going to be in my 60s. And I really, that took me out for a minute because what 60s means in my family of origin is... A significant loss of mobility, um, significant health challenges. So now I'm asking myself, like, do I want to be carrying on that legacy? Do I want to be prioritizing my body more um, than what was shown or modeled to me? Because I want to be able to pick up the phone if Mercury calls and says, Hey mom, do you want to go do this and that? And me would be like, fuck yes, of course. I love that you thought of me for this and then skedaddle over there. Right. Um, and so the, the habit of another week going by and not setting boundaries with, like my my work schedule or, or whatever other things to say, I'm prioritizing this 15 to 30 minutes for myself, however many times a week to move my body in ways that support my goal of, of sustaining my mobility. You know, like that, that, that habit, if I don't prioritize that is not getting me closer to what my long-term vision is. I think that made sense. I think I might've did like some triple, quadruple negatives in there, but but, you know, we'll, we'll get through it or we won't. Um, <laughs> so the sixth question that I came through is, how would you react if this habit was no longer an option? Now, if you need to hear that a different way, some, like, harsher language would be like, if what, how would you react if this habit was banned, right? So, like, if you are someone who stops to get an iced coffee every day, every time you leave the house, again, we're not judging. That's just if, if that is a habit you have. If suddenly iced coffee was banned, how would you feel, First off, please no ban iced coffee. We are all getting by as best as we can. Iced coffee. There's something about like the viscousy texture of it. It is it's something where it just quenches something that water can't. So obviously I'm very pro iced coffee. But just thinking of like how would you react if that was no longer an option. And, and sitting with that of like, okay, can I actually allow it to hold as much weight in my life as it is, right? So, you know, in this case, iced coffee is helping because it's a way that I'm acknowledging that, okay, my throat, with my allergies, like I'm having a certain type of scratchy stuffiness in my throat and like I need something that has that viscous texture. And iced coffee provides that, right? So in my personal example, like for me, no longer having that as an option like, yes, I could probably find, you know, like a coconut milk that does that or, you know, something else, but it has that thought or that inquiry has helped me realize what role and support the iced coffee is actually providing me. It's not about the caffeine necessarily, because I went several years without having caffeine. It is about knowing that my whole day is derailed if I have certain things going on for my neck up, right? So my teeth feel, and this is... is definitely like ADHD plus all the sensory things and processing disorders and all that. It's it's a whole bunch of me things, right? My teeth are fuzzy. If my scalp, if I can feel the weight of accumulation on my scalp and I don't have a fresh, you know, like scrub scalp, like there's so many things that if it's happening for my neck and above, I literally cannot function. A sentence does not come out. I have problems seeing straight. Like it's just totally derails everything. And part of me also wants to acknowledge that like in human design, which we'll be talking about in the, an upcoming series on the podcast, like I'm a mental projector. So I have defined head and Ajna. So all of my, and that's all I have defined in my, in my system, my energy system. So all of my active constant energy is in my head, right? I experience that as in my head. I don't have any defined energy centers from my throat down, like anywhere in my physical body. So I'm, I have a heightened alert like awareness of my head and what happens to it because for most of my life, I thought it was a walking head. Now I understand why I feel that way. But so like literally anything I walked, not by choice. I walked on a broken leg for three days as a child. Yes, that was horrible. And also, that was much more manageable than the days where if I had, like, a headache or something and, like, I wasn't allowed to take an ibuprofen or, or whatever it is, right? Something with my head, it just hits a different way. So th- all that therapy TED Talk later, <laughs> just saying that, um, you know, allowing ourselves to put the weight or the emphasis on what a habit provides us is such a powerful way to acknowledge for us if a habit is helping and hurting, all right, so th- those were the six questions, and I'm really feeling like I want to sort of seal up this cute little episode with this, like, also like, it's not about either or, right? Let's like disrupt this binary thinking. A certain habit or practice isn't like always going to hurt and it not always going to help. But when we're not having a relationship, when we're not in like that, our selfship doesn't include this reflective practice of what are our habits. How is adulting on autopilot happening? How am I choosing to shift out of that and shift into relating with reality? What happens is the the um, it feels like the the sort of um, the cement of our situationship gets even like more locked in place. It can feel that much more difficult to have something else be possible to shift into to having a different like day to day life possible because then we're having so many of these habits stacked up, and we're just not able to see the forest from the trees. I think I use that expression right. Truth is, half the expressions I like don't actually understand until someone breaks them down to me. Hello, being neurodivergent. So, blah blah blah. Those are know, <laughs> yeah, My brain is still like use all these expressions because people other than you understand them. Here we are. We're here together. Thank you for being here. So. If you have been, you know, if you listen to this episode and you're like, okay, I like listened to some of these questions and I like, some thoughts came up, some didn't, I'm playing with this. And you're wondering like, what are next steps? All of these lines of like, all of these questions actually came from me embodying this practice that I called Yes And Yesterday, right? And I built out a whole e-course for this. And it's really, uh, these, uh, easeful, accessible, like less than 20 minutes a day, um, of modules and practices of learning how to shift the weight of your day as it's happening. So you have more capacity to adult tomorrow, right? So it's this idea, every today is going to be a yesterday, right? And so in life, we're told to just like, get through it, bear down. We have this huge ass to do list, right to the point where I don't even know where my to do lists are, because I have to do lists, to do lists, like there's so many things happening. And so we don't pause to actually process what's happening. So we end up waking up with our cup not only like empty, it's a fucking cheese grater, right? Like there's holes we don't even have the ability to realize the sort of the, the the depth or the heaviness of how diseased we can feel. And I don't mean like disease, like health, but like that there's just this sense of like, you know, waking up in a panic. Oh, did my alarm go off? What do I have here? Like we're we're like we open our eyes and we're like running into all the adulting things. Right. And that is so much in part of why I had never been a wake up person because it was like you wake up and then there's just the expectations of the world. So how do we start to shift that shit? This is where that practice came from of Yes and Yesterday. So this course has three different modules and looking at how do we have these check-in points with ourselves in the morning, in the middle of the day, in the evening. And this is going through the lens of cultivating that self-ship of having a body-spirit-mind connection. And so once you go through the modules, you can have these practices be as brief and to the point as literally 30 seconds or as in-depth as you know 10-15 minutes. It's really about learning the skills and then realizing how transferable they are for you and so I would love to invite you to check that out. It's going to be linked in the show notes but yesterday and yesterday um, you know again as a a practice is something that I've been doing for almost three years and to be honest I created this course over a year ago and I've only mentioned it like, one and a half times, and then I, so that's me realizing I have this habit of creating things that I know are so potent and valuable, because not only has it changed my life, but the people who are sort of in the know and access these resources have responded themselves. It's like, this has literally changed the way that I see the role of being aware of myself, or, or the idea of having my own back. I suddenly get what that can look like, and the habit that that ends up being unhelpful, all right, or dare I even say like hurting me, is then not building in the the system, the structure to actually share out and let people know, right? It's it can, it's that so that the unhelpful habit is thinking, oh, I said it once somehow everyone in the universe that needs to hear is going to hear it at that one time, right? Now I'm realizing, like, I've been the one doing my own light. I'm getting in my own way. And when that happens, I'm essentially getting in your way, right? I'm not actually allowing you the opportunity to learn more and then self-select in and say this is actually something I'm interested in. So just like at the beginning of this episode, I thank myself for having this random thought of, like, how do I know if a habit is helpful or hurting, right? So celebrating me and having this question... And, uh, so I'm going to practice taking up more space soon and saying like, this was a rad ass course. And right now it's $77 and I believe 77 cents because numbers, let's play with them. Right. Um, and I don't know when the price will change, but at some point it probably will simply because that is like really like a, almost like a beta price. And I, I don't believe in the whole scarcity thing of like, do it now and never be this price. I'm just sharing the reality that at some point that price will change. Um, And beyond just the cost too, like I I just want to reiterate that everything I create is designed to be so transferable. It's not about doing this exact right recipe of like, you must do it this way. Like fuck perfectionism. It's about saying, how does this become your skill and your toolkit? How does this become flavorized for your life, right? So then that way you're able to to yes and your full lived experience and say oh when I add this into everything else I know and all my other skills wow it gives me that much more of a way to be my full ass self and to reconnect to who and what matters most to me so with that being said you know what time it is it's time to have a razzle dazzle day and if that's not accessible you can put an f on front and have a dazzle day see you next time